everybody, welcome back to the Bookmore Show. It's Stuart here with Betsy. Betsy Vaughan, how's it going? Fantastic. We are winding down 2017, aren't we? <laughs> it is unbelievable. I can't believe how quick this year's gone, but uh, it really has. Yeah, time flies. And even since we recorded last, it seems to have flown since we last recorded. So the weeks are right. going as quick as the year. <laughs> it really so, has gone by. This show, although today's been dragging because we've both been suffering with uh, technology issues a bit. So um, today seems to have made up for the, uh, slowed it down from the rest of the year. But we've made it through. So today we are going to follow up on the book blueprint scorecard that we started last time and looking at mindset number two, which is picking a title that resonates. So like with the specific target audience that we were talking about last time, they're kind of book variation on a single target market titles we've also talked about quite a lot in the past so Uh i'll put a link in the show notes to the titles workshops that we've done recently so if anyone hasn't listened to those there'll be a link so head over to the show notes which are 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast and this will be episode 47 047 and there'll be a link there to the workshops either that if you head over to the the um website and there's a under the resources tab at the top there's a link to the both the titles and the outline workshop that we've done so again anyone that's joining the party recently uh, wasn't around when we recorded those calls head over there and take a listen because a good deep dive and q a sessions that follow both of those so some great resources to follow up on good good, good. uh talk about follow-up the um, one thing that i did want to pick up on um from last week's call in a couple of emails one particularly um was a note talking about um a point that we've mentioned before with a couple of people and specifically about choosing that way of dialing in which is that kind of this concept of it could be for anyone so who should it be for so knowing that a single target market is preferable, but it was difficult to dial in that single target market. So just wanted to quickly touch on that before jumping into titles. I think a lot of times we talk about a single target market or a specific target audience as being the thing that you should really dial into. And it can be a little bit challenging when you have got a product or service that attracts anyone choosing that one person it can seem exclusionary because it almost seems less like you're asking who you should target and more like we're asking who you want to exclude and that's a problematic way of thinking about it because it comes from this kind of scarcity and exclusionary place rather than thinking about it from the point of view of this is one particular job of work that we're trying to do with this so how best to target those people Again, not that you turn other people away, not that for any product or service that is broadly applicable, it probably is the case that 80% of the book is is valid for everyone. So again, it's not that it's excluding mm-hmm. those people, it's that we're just trying to do whatever we can to make it as applicable to the biggest audience. And if you can't tell what your biggest audience is, A, do some more research and find out, because you probably really should, because it's a useful thing to know and be throw a dart at a dartboard and pick one because if it really doesn't make any difference if every constituent group is as valuable as the next well just pick one and move forward from there um 
I think it goes into a bit more art than science sometimes. And the biggest thing, actually, uh, this came up in a conversation a while ago, but the biggest thing is really don't let the analysis paralysis slow you down because even getting a book out there that isn't necessarily ideally targeted at the perfect group, getting something out there that's loosely targeted to someone is definitely better than nothing. It's that whole 80% approach going from zero to something is a hundred times better than, or you get a, a, a significant return on the first 80%, then the second 80%, and then the third 80%, and the fourth is all diminishing returns. So don't get too hung up. So I think anyone that's kind of stuck on that point of not uh, of being too concerned about picking the perfect audience or not knowing how to dial it in, understand a couple of things. One, all of the content in the book is probably relevant to everyone, and then it's just the, the tailoring in. It's like Dean's used the example before of the... Um, advertising in a supermarket to people who like cakes versus people who like chocolate cakes. Well, chocolate cake audiences are going to get really dialed into that message, but people that like cakes in generally are going to pick up on, on the thing that you're putting out there. So yeah, don't get too hung up on it. Um, The purpose of having the specific target audience as we get through the other mindsets is that it positions it so that all of the other elements, so the content and the call to action and the marketing plan around it and the way you're trying to find that audience, all of that is easy to identify because you're being more specific. But definitely think about it in terms of, okay, this is the starting place going forwards and other people will be attracted to it rather than this is something that's exclusionary and only um Right, right. Stopping other people. I think going back to your cake, your cake thought. You know, the the those people that the book might be geared to chocolate cake, the cake people are still going to get it. But you have to kind of look at those people as that cherry on top of the cake. Like, okay, if they get something out of yeah. it, and, and and you benefit from, okay, it's say I think overthinking it a little bit on the yeah, or yeah, including exactly. people. Um, and I think maybe sorry, don't cut you off a little bit. <laughs> no, no. But <laughs> it's the downside of uh, just doing this on audio, not uh, not having video as well. You can't uh, see people's expressions, whether they're taking a breath right, yeah. because they finished or taking or a breath. Or my hands because... moving around and things like that. You <laughs> right. can't see all that. Um, so, yeah, exactly. I was going to say that it's... I think part of the problem is that, again, like we said on a number of calls before, is people get very focused on the book as the product rather than the book as a super effective way, the Trojan horse horse of getting people to raise their hand, identifying the audience for then a further conversation. So if the book was the product, then dialing it in so it's as specific as possible, it's, it's worth putting a lot of effort in that and making it as specific to the audience as possible because you want it it's the thing that you're selling them. Whereas raising, uh, I think about it as a way of people raising their hand and then starting a further conversation. So it's just the introduction. It takes a lot of the pressure off these things. So all of these things that we're talking about, all of the being specific in the title that resonates and the call to action, all of this is, is really just around dialing in the funnel and the book is just part of that funnel. So if you were writing a chocolate cake book that would I don't know, I must be hungry today. I don't know why that example sprang to mind. But <laughs> thinking of writing a chocolate cake book and 
getting it out there to an audience of people who are broadly interested in cakes and then writing a separate book for the strawberry cake book the 80 percent of the content that deals with where to buy products how to clean up the kitchen how to turn an oven on all of the other things that just aren't the the difference between putting chocolate ingredients versus putting strawberry ingredients the contents and what the way it resonates and to a certain degree the call to action but all of those things are the same and appeal to the same audience and it's in the same group it's not like you're trying to compare trying to choose between a chocolate cake book and a car repair book so all of those things in the cake examples the difference that it is is how you advertise it and where you find like those groups so finding those groups of people who are members of the chocolate cake forum and putting an ad in front of them with a book cover that shows the world's greatest chocolate cake that's going to resonate with those people and a subset exactly as you said of other people who like cakes in general then going to the strawberry cake forum and showing them a picture of the strawberry cake the world's greatest strawberry cake on the cover is going to more resonate with those guys not that it's going to deter the others but it's just the the mechanism by which you get them to raise their hand the kind of specificity the talk in their language they're using the words that are in their their kind of sphere of influence already so again at the point of just repeating last week's call, it's not so much about, don't get hung up too much on those specifics, as specific as possible, because you know you want to resonate with the people in the in the most, uh, the closest to the metal way, is great. Writing a chocolate cake, writing a cake book versus no book at all, obviously just pick one, pull the trigger and go for it. Exactly, yeah. No, no more overthinking. Yeah, exactly. And now we're probably over discussing. So that uh, <laughs> probably concludes follow up. Yeah, well, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Follow up, which for anyone that listens well, let's to talk about something... titles. Uh, sorry, go for it. I was going to say, let's talk about titles. Yes, that is a good place to move on to. Um, so awesome. the book blueprint scorecard if no one's um, if you don't have a copy of it yet when you're listening to it either head over to the show notes as i mentioned nightmarebooks.com full slash podcast or head over to book blueprint uh, tripping over my words book blueprintscore.com and there you can go through the online version of of the scorecard as we go through these eight mindsets so number two we're looking at titles that resonate so Having picked a single target market, having identified that it's chocolate cake lovers that we're looking for specifically rather than strawberry cake lovers or general cake lovers, then picking that title of how to make the world's greatest chocolate cake versus something more generic like, um, I'm trying to think of some of the slightly more random ones that we've had, but... um, calling it something like taste sensation or mouth explosion or (laughs) one of these kind of slightly clever titles that need a little bit more explaining or take a little bit more to to get through making it as clear as possible as specific as possible is the best way to get people to raise their hand particularly in a kind of social media context where the majority of engagement is kind of scrolling type engagement in a feed of information so when you think about running facebook ad campaigns this is a an ad that will appear only once or twice to depending on how you've got a campaign set up but it will only appear once or twice to a person it will scroll by in the feed so unless you've got words on there that are going to resonate immediately trying to be too clever with the title 
the problem is that the people don't take that step. They don't, nothing causes them to stop. If you've got another cover image on there, that's a little bit random as well. So if you had, I don't know why mouth explosions, it's the most random, but slightly relevant thing I can think of at the moment. But imagine having that and then pers- a picture of a person kind of holding their hand over their mouth and kind of <laughs> monkey see monkey do type. Uh, Right, right, right. Type image. All of that you might think is the cleverest thing in the world. And there is an argument to say that on the one hand, it might, it kind of puts that unfinished question out there. Um, it might get people to think a bit more about what the, what the title means and question it. And there's a curiosity element, but all of the things being equal in a world where things are scrolling past too fast, then you're going to get more benefit from being specific so that it's more likely for them to resonate um right right some of the titles that we see on um on finished books so at the end of the day we always go with you are writing the book so it's up to you to choose what title you want so we'll advise but if you want to go another direction then we kind of acquiesce to to what the customers want at the end of the day so there are some titles out there that kind of dance that fine line between being clever and compelling and give the right information so it's definitely not the case that this can't be done it's just if you've got 10 units worth of energy to put into a title then spending eight of them trying to be clever is not as beneficial particularly in the context of a lead generation book that's trying to deliver something of value to start a conversation it's just not where put the the wood behind a different arrow as it were it's um it's just not where the best use of energy is is sat some of the so other like ones. give an example would yeah you, go for it no i was asking you like if you had an example in your head um oh. like if- <laughs> of the ones that have worked <laughs> or ones that we've i've seen uh-huh. that don't work that don't work would be i mean like i think that's what because that's a conversation i have a lot with people like well, I don't have a title for my book. And, um, you know, and it's somebody I've, I've, I've spoken to for 45 seconds and all I might know about them is that they own the tree trimming business. I mean, you know, and that's it. So I don't, you know, and, and I think people want to get cutesy with it and catchy and, um, and I understand, and I get that, you know, but I, I always try to lead people down the path of like, tell people what this, what, what this book is about. You know, that's what you want to do. So I was going to say, I think the other element of it as well is in giving the promise of a solution. So at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, this is trying to move a conversation forwards. So in all of the contexts that we're talking about, we're, we're talking about engaging people who will ultimately become customers, whether that's paying customers in a kind of commercial sense or customers to your church or your community group or your way of thinking. It's all about engaging people and and kind of moving a particular conversation forward. So the the issue with the the cutesy type titles is that you run the risk of not starting a number of conversations. So one of the ones that I'd, I like, this is... Um, 
this isn't um i'm going to use jamie as an example so jamie has got a number of best-selling books already outside of writing 90 minute books and then it's he's written up with us for a, a different purpose so the, the titles that he's got out there in the world that have gone through regular publishing deals are, th- are titles like clarity which is a coaching based book so with it mm-hmm. we've actually got a book called clarity internally as well which is on a on a slightly different right, subject right. but one word answers one word titles like that i think bridge the gap have the potential of bridging the gap depending on the context in which they're used so the word clarity does that that it answers the the point of almost promising someone the solution because like financial peace we use financial pieces at uh, dave ramsey's book a lot because it's a it's a well-known one too um right that people can understand so financial peace falls into the same category as as clarity it doesn't in fact it's a little bit more specific it's not called um how to get your savings into order it's not called the 401k solution it's not talking specifically about a tool but it does give you the context of the outcome financial peace is is the outcome for anyone that's got some financial turmoil at the moment how long it took them to come up with that title how many other versions they brainstormed before that how much effort it took to get to that uh, obviously we don't know as as outsiders clarity is the same clarity is marketed very specifically with a group of people who are likely to know the context of the solution that the book offers if that makes sense so again uh-huh. within the framework of how it's been used it makes sense but other titles that are more straightforward that give the uh, that are pretty explicit in the in the um in the solution that they're delivering it just means that people don't have to think about it as much and you can use it in a slightly broader context because there's no kind of um you don't have to go in with a preconceived notion of how much people understand about what you're trying to say in order for the title to make sense does that make sense the kind of context element yeah yeah absolutely um thinking about um books that that come to mind i have well i download a cover it is a as a screensaver on my on my desktop, and so um, that happens to be in a room that my family is always in. And so my daughter is home from school, and she was going through the titles, reading them, and she was just saying things. And I thought that's familiar, but and I wasn't even registering where it was. And she said, two week divorce," which is a book that we have, right. and um, how to save time, money. And I was like, "That is such a. I mean, that tells you all you need to know. You know that." And I think that one is... Two weeks divorce. It's going to be done and what it's going to give you, you know? Yeah, and it's such a great... If you see that scrolling past in a Facebook feed and that's the situation that you're in, that's going to be something that's going to make you raise your hands without any... um, There's no ambiguity about what it is. Even the... It's such a straightforward cover as well. Even the, the... subheading and the steps underneath it are very kind of clear right. there's another one rethink the ink which that kind of sits on that line between it's quite cutesy because there's some rhyming in there and it sounds nice but it's pretty clear on what it is you don't necessarily need to um 
I don't know what the latest is in tattoo removal, but uh, whatever the underlying technologies are, it isn't saying that this is um, technology A solution or technology B solution. It's just enough to give people the, the steps, um, the inclination that there right, is, right, is a solution right. to a tattoo-based problem. Exactly. Um, so I'll share a real funny story last night. Um, as I said, my 21-year-old is home from college and we were cooking dinner and we were discussing Christmas and just a little personal note, I am divorced. And so she's spent the last seven years, you know, two household kind of things. And we had a whole conversation about Santa and, and mind you, she's 21, um, <laughs> about Santa. And Stuart laughed because he gets to hear the stories of Ann Kirk on a regular basis. But um, so she was talking about, well, how does Santa know where, where the child is or where to show up or how does Santa know where to be and you know, this whole, and she said, you know what, I'm just going to write a book. And I said, oh yeah, what's it going to be called? And she said, Santa for divorced parents. <laughs> and I'm like, that's pretty simple. I said, you know what, I can help you with that. I know people, you know, I said, you write that book, make it happen. But it's, it's Santa for divorced people, like parents, like it's that simple. Like this is how Santa needs to do things. You know, she had her whole, whole opinion on, on not just the title, but the content, you know, of, what she needed to share from her, you know, perspective. So, um, and that, kind of that's laugh, a specific, you know? so that's a great example. So, I mean, obviously, Anne Cook's in, in school and she's not a uh, relationship counselor, she's got no commercial interest in this whatsoever. But you can imagine a situation, and we've talked about this before this kind of topic bridging of the whole purpose is to start a conversation. You don't necessarily need to go straight in with the hard kill on what your what your product or service is. So if she was a, a relationship counsellor, then writing a book called Santa for Divorced Parents is a great way of identifying people who are in that category as opposed to writing something like you're doing it wrong or how not to mess up your kids right. this year or come to me for the the, the top um, top advice, the best advice for divorced parents, or anything that's kind of closer to the 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 end result, that isn't necessarily the case. You can be a step removed, and a title like that is going to do the job of mm -hmm. getting those people to raise their hands. There's a couple of other exactly. ones, that and that's exactly what I thought. Like this is a great book for somebody who's in that you know family therapy, psychology. You know, I'm like that. Really, there's a great a great book there, but just based on the title. So, Absolutely. Um, I mean, when you think about it from the reader's point absolutely. of view, the recipients. I mean, it must be such a. Um, I, I don't have kids. Uh, my fiance has, and she's separated. So there's all sorts of. Uh, although the kids are older now, although hopefully. But the youngest isn't listening to this if we're talking about Santa, but um, <laughs> the um, maybe you should put a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode not to listen to it in the car if uh, if you've got small kids around. But from that perspective of someone that's been through it, of giving some useful information to parents who are going through those issues, particularly in an environment where this is potentially an online opt-in book at no cost just adding real value back into the conversation i mean we talk so much about the purpose of it of starting a conversation and commercial intent and um the call to action and moving the conversation forwards but at the end of the day just being able to put out useful information in a super cost effective way that adds value puts something into the community that's a good enough reason just by itself to do it i think um Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let me jump back but, to um, the. It's just interesting um, that that happened right before we're talking about titles. I thought well, that was 
that was that was great and creative so yeah the one um, that stands out I'm just going to jump back to the scorecard then. We'll go through a couple of the mindsets and then jump back into a couple more examples. So the beginning stage of Mindset 2, a title that resonates, is you haven't considered any titles yet or the language used by your clients to describe the problems. So this is the the whole point of the book blueprint scorecard is to measure yourself across the eight mindsets to kind of advance your thinking a little bit in terms of the eight elements that that make the book successful so that first stage of the mindset is really it just hasn't been a consideration so thinking about the moving from the very low score to a higher score starting to think about titles and starting to think about it in a way that resonates with the language that the clients use to describe their problems rather than using language that talks about the inside issues that you know about because you're in the industry is a great way just to even move from kind of a zero to a three on the scorecard. Even if you did nothing else, but just double check the words that you're thinking about, double check them against the words that the clients use, just make sure that that is the, you're targeting the language at the correct level. Stage two then, going a little bit further, is really what we've just been talking about. So you have a clever title in mind, but it's not descriptive and isn't immediately obvious. So those two points joined together, getting to the stage where you're progressing beyond that will take you halfway through the scorecard. There's, There's two more stages after that. But even just considering those two elements, being obvious in the title, making sure that it's clear the problem that you're discussing and providing the solution for and doing that in a way that resonates with the language that customers use. So we had this issue internally when uh, maybe two or three years ago now when we were first starting, there's a term used within the publishing industry called galley copies for books, which is kind of the pre-release draft copies. We were using that in our internal process when we were sending people the initial versions of the books. We were referring to them as galleys. That raised no end of end of of questions because it really didn't mean anything to anyone else. So changing the language to that around that something that made more sense was was much more. Um, it, it was just a much better position to be, particularly from a customer point of view. I think it's something that happens in financial services a lot. The kind of not intentionally exclusionary language, but I think that also happens. But using language and reserved words and and phrases that are essential on the inside because it differentiates one product from the next. But as an outsider, as a customer, particularly for anyone towards the kind of top of a funnel, anyone that's investigating this near the beginning, using all of those words that that confuses people or doesn't mean anything to outsiders. Again, it's, it's exclusionary. It's deterring. It's not welcoming and embracing. It's uh, it sets the, the tone of it at the wrong level. Some of the, um, yeah. just looking down some of the titles um, that we've got on the gallery and Again, anyone that's listening to this, that's a great exercise to do as well. It's just uh, head over to 90minutebooks.com forward slash gallery and you'll see a, a whole load of the examples that we've got up on there. The combination of the scorecard mindset number two, the title, and then scorecard mindset number three that we'll talk about next week, they're amplifying uh, a subheading that amplifies the message. The blend of those in, in every case 
were pretty good at going back to people and just giving that sanity check of making sure that these words mean something that this, even if people want to go with mm-hmm. the, the, um, clever title, um, making sure then that there's an explanatory subheading, that it's a little bit clear what happens, what people are requesting it for. I think that's a, that's a key thing across all of these that I'm looking through now. Yeah, I was just looking at like, um, you know, um, at one, I was kind of scrolling the college prep roadmap, um, you know, without reading the subtitle, you can, you know, and it says the ultimate guide for what to do, when to do it and what not to do on the road to college of your dreams. I mean, just that the college road prep roadmap tells you, oh, oh wow, this, this is a book for someone who is preparing to go to school. Um, this is going to help me. You kind of know um, exactly what it is, um, potentially what you're about to, to read. So it's a great example. And this scroll, and some of these are very, um, they're, some of them can be very, when you look at an edge, you know, um, with a football player on it. Um, that's yeah. how to make it into your <laughs> football league, you know, playoffs. So um, just you know, without the subtitle, you really don't have, an idea of what the book would be about, you know? Yeah. Um, and some of these as well, particularly on the gallery, I mean, there's a broad cross-section of books and their uses that are in there. So these are being used in different ways. So some of them right. we're talking about being clear and specific, but that's not necessarily always the job of work that the the particular author or writer is trying to achieve. So there's always risk in sending people to a particular place to look at things because there isn't the context of the conversation around it and you you don't know how it's Mm -hmm. going to be used. I think with the college prep roadmap stands out, two-week divorce. um, Mm -hmm. I just scrolled past the other example I was looking at, which was... um, Oh, the North Carolina... uh, yeah. LGBT legal guide, the Evans Law Solution. Evans Law Solution is an interesting one because that has some reserved language in Evans Law, but the context in which that uh-huh. was being used is being marketed specifically to people who know what that term means. And if you don't know what that term means, then you're not that target market. So although we talked about um it's always the case that the answer to everything is it depends. So although a few minutes ago we were saying specifically don't use reserved language, that is a use case where it is applicable and it works. There's another one we have, the FBA payday. If you know what Uh FBA is, then this book is going to resonate. If you don't, then it probably doesn't matter. I think the, 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 bridge between when it does make a difference and when it doesn't make a difference is that audience that you're trying to go to so the financial example i was thinking of in terms of reserved language that can seem exclusionary if you're trying to attract um 401k people then and again this is potentially coming from a, a uk perspective but the term pension is far more well-known than the term annuity so in the uk you save into a pension and then the pension when you draw against it you although the law there has changed as well but typically you would buy an annuity and then it was the annuity that paid out so it's all part and parcel of the same thing but from an audience perspective pension is far more um, understood than annuity 
again, there it depends because if your target is people who are specifically at the point that they're pulling it out, then maybe you're looking to attract specifically people who know what an annuity is and are coming to the point where they have to make a decision on that rather than referring to a book as something to do with pensions. And then they might not see it as specific as to that stage of the journey. So it's um, the context in which it's been used, I think is the most important thing. And it's the downside of a podcast. It's, it's great to be able to put these ideas out there, but it's not a two-way conversation with the person listening to it. They, you can't ask questions. And that's obviously the benefit of working directly with people like ourselves, because this is the, it's less about the actual creation of the, getting the words printed on the page. And it's more about the, the context and the the experience and the expertise that that an organisation can bring to the to creating the book as a, as the tool, regardless of the context that you're using it. Exactly. No, that's true. Okay, so let's move on to the last couple of mindsets then, because I've just noticed we've just gone past half an hour. So try and keep at this this in a uh, in a reasonable time. Otherwise, we'll still be going on uh, for a bit so the third stage of the mindset is you have a title that describes a problem but it focuses on features rather than benefits or outcomes so this one circles back to that kind of old um marketing copy saying of features rather than sorry benefits rather than features sell things because the benefits describe the outcome the benefits have the emotion and the passion around it the features are just kind of the execution elements so if we look at financial peace versus 401k success the and i don't know if there is a book called 401k success i'm not picking on that if there is but the technical language around 401k versus financial peace there's an emotional charge around it which kind of brings out a little bit more engagement in someone the college prep roadmap along with the subtitle and even the cover because the cover amplifies it as well but that given the indication of it's a roadmap to success the outcome is the successfully get into the journey rather than something titled around a successful application it's the outcome that it's focused on a little bit rather than the the process, the the nuts and bolts. Um, I think tying in and using some of the persuasion type techniques of giving the promise of a successful outcome in the title, it kind of has that double hit of A, it gets people to pay attention to it because it's talking about the thing that they're interested in and b it it gives a promise of an outcome so it compels people to read through and and think about the success and the next steps and what they need to do to get that thing they're looking for rather than just talking about the mechanics of how it's done right exactly i'm looking at some of the ones um some titles on our Somebody I haven't looked at in so long that I, I forgot, not, sort of forgotten all about them. But looking back at the titles now, um, the ones that sort of pop out at me that I probably didn't think about when we were doing the books, like get more clients online. I mean, that is just, you're going to read this book and you're going to say, it's to get more clients online. Like it is just a matter of fact. And if I want more clients, I'm going to read this. I mean, it really 
is um, a, there's a confidence there, you know, and, and the author's like, you're going to read this and for sure this is going to happen, you know. Um, so and some of these, yeah, so I, that's just, it's definitely not clever or uh, trying to be cutesy. It does what it says on the tin. It's it's pretty specific, and it's talking about the outcome. It's not talking about um, how to build a great landing page or landing page success secrets. Or um, I think in part because it's talking about slightly more things than that. So it's it's appealing. It's the features that are included. It's a slightly broader set of features, but still the outcome the um, the, the promise of a solution at the end is evident in the title, and it's specific enough. In the title, yeah, yeah. I was just looking at the you know, there really DIY are. Painter. Um, yes, that's another one. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's really are. I mean, there's a few that you have to kind of ask yourself, like, okay, what, what is this, and what does that mean? And you know, I mean, um, like happiness, love, and money. Well, obviously, you know, I mean, I, I, I know the story behind it, so it's a little different, but, oh, this is one of those feel-good books, you know, it's going <laughs> to solve all my problems, my happiness, my love, and my money, but, um, but it's, it's not, it's not so cutesy, and, um, as I said, people always have that cutesy thing in their mind when they, you know, that catchy, that, you know. Yeah, and I think it's but, very kind uh, of uh, of the moment as well, isn't it? I think if you look on kind of Amazon bestseller lists and in Barnes and Noble, then there's a lot of kind of single words titles. So it's very kind of of the moment. But I think the as we've said, different job of work, getting people to raise their hand and start a conversation. It's uh, it's a lot more exactly. in uh, in a kind of an advertising world where something's going to scroll past pretty quickly. It's it's enough to kind of stop and and resonate because it uses that similar language. So that I think takes on to the last mindset, which we talked about a little bit already. But when looking at titles, scoring on a kind of ten to twelve in that top stage of of the mindset, you have a title that engages your ideal customers, so you have it dialed in you've got it in their language because you know the words that they're using and you give an indication of the benefit or the solution that's that's to come from reading this book that's really as specific and dialed in as you can get with the title before moving on to the the amplifying subheading which we'll we'll talk about next time well we could talk about titles for forever though i think i mean yeah, we've the, been so the workshop and there's a lot of discussion around um, around titles. Um, when I talk to people before they come on board, we always speak about titles. It's not something I ask. And I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, I had a dream about a book title. And that's <laughs> where their idea came to write their book. Like, it was truly in a dream. And I saw it. And, you know, this is the title, you know. And... I always think that it's just so interesting, you know, um, that leads to a whole conversation, you know, truly. And I think once that, uh, once you've got that hook, once you've got that thing in mind that, you know, resonates with the audience, it's questions that you get asked a lot. It's a solution that, you know, you can provide that really does then help all of the other things. So as we go into the other mindsets, 
over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about the call to action on the back, the, the minimum viable commitment step that you want them to take next. And then the content flows from that because you've got the starting place, which is the title and an ending place, which is, and now you should do this. And the content then fills, fills in the gaps and leads from, from A to B. So next time we'll talk about mindset number three, which is an amplifying subheading, just really looking at what you can do to to build on the title that's been selected. I think great opportunity. Anyone's got any questions about titles, um, definitely check out the book titles workshop. Shoot us an email to either support at 90minutebooks.com or podcast at 90minutebooks.com and we're more than happy to answer those questions as they come through. Might give us some talking points on the next show. The show notes for this one are in um this is show 47 so head over to nightminutebooks.com forward slash podcast and show 47 and we'll put links to all of the things that we've talked about i think as we record this it's uh, mid-december so the only other thing that's worth mentioning is i know a lot of people have got budgets that they need to allocate this year before we roll over into the next financial year so don't forget that if you want to get some books purchased and ready to go for next year then i know last year a number of people did that join the program now and then if you're thinking about writing anytime in the next six to 12 months then definitely an opportunity to get those locked in and then we can start um start whenever you're ready in 2018 yeah that's a we always do that spike in you know um into december beginning of january everybody has that goal of writing the book so we can make that happen definitely i think we should have an award i think last year we had someone that came in at literally like 11 50 something on the last day of the year <laughs> so i wonder if we'll get anything kind of closer to the wire next uh <laughs> next year uh, right. or this year rather sorry um okay anything that we've missed on titles i think that was uh again we went a little deeper than i anticipated there but um some good examples i think yeah i think it was, it was, it was good good information and um definitely people head over and look at some of the titles that we've done you know um and give us a call if you're, if you're wanting to, to, to figure it out. We'll help, we'll walk you through the process. You know, we'll walk you, we'll help you. We'll have that conversation um, about your title. So, a uh, lot of inf- lot of information, a lot of general information today. Perfect. Okay, guys. Well, thanks everyone for your time. Thanks Betsy for your time. We will be Always back. Pleasure next week um as i say any questions shoot us a note to support at 90 minutebooks.com or podcast at 90 minutebooks.com and we'll pick them up there if you're ready to get started or want to get one locked in and then start next year head over to 90 minutebooks.com forward slash get started and looking forward to seeing what titles will work on with you thanks everyone